Welcome back to the Molds That Make Fatherhood. This is episode nine, and I'm talking to my man, Matt Wagstaff. Matt is a life coach. He has his own t-shirt company, Positive Prince, and the author of Live Long and Prosper. On this episode, we talk about some tenets from his book, and I get his take on what it means to teach our kids to live a prosperous life, not only financially, but overall as decision makers and human beings. Thanks for tuning in again, and I hope you enjoy all right, man. I'm here with my man Matthew Wagstaff. Uh, you know, business owner, author, father. Um, how you feeling tonight, brother? Bless, bless. Feeling good. Feeling good. Excited about the podcast. Let's go. I love. Hey, it. man. I'm happy to have you here, brother. Um, you know, I was thinking about you, and I'm like, man, I gotta have this dude on the podcast. I remember you was doing your podcast. Are you still doing your podcast? Yeah, but it's on a pause right now. I got all these ideas in my mind right now. I have a couple episodes I want to do, but uh, the Live Long and Prosper podcast is still out there, but I haven't added any other new episodes probably out in maybe the last three months. Yeah, that's what I thought, man, because I was like, I ain't seen nothing come up. But, man, I love what you're doing. You're doing the coaching thing right now, too. You've been coaching. How's that going? Yeah, it's going great, man. This is my first full year of uh, coaching young entrepreneurs entrepreneurs, adult entrepreneurs, um, professional working individuals who are aspiring into leadership roles. And so it's just been an amazing year, a lot of learning. Uh, I'm looking forward to next year, just taking it up to another level. That's what's up, man. So you, your theme has been like this whole Live Long and Prosper thing. You got the Live Long and Prosper podcast. You turn the Live Long and Prosper into a book. Um, yeah. Um, so let's, so tell me, yeah, you to, so tell me about your philosophy when it comes to living long and prospering, like how does that translate into your fatherhood, like philosophy of how you raise mm-hmm. your kids as far as live long and prosper? Yeah, that's a great question. And so this could be a five minute uh, discussion or it could be a 50 minute discussion. <laughs> it, can mm-hmm. go, it can go long. But mm-hmm. the, uh, a couple of years ago, I was really going through my self-reflection and just walks on the at the beach at Charlotte here in Rochester, New York, and just thinking about life in general and really trying to come up with what would be sort of the philosophy that I want to really uh, paint the rest of my life out to be. And so, you know, I'm still relatively young, um, you know, late 30s. And at the same time, I wanted to be able to start to set the foundation for my North Star and really what would guide my decision making process from here on out. And so as I was going through that process, uh, I don't know where it came from or what, but this live long and prosper concept. And I don't know if I was watching Star Trek or, you know, what it was, but it just it just resonated with me. Um, And I started breaking it down to myself around living long and prospering. And I've always I say always I would say I've been more conscious of the fact that I truly value freedom over probably anything and so what does that mean to me that means that in order for me to to prosper and be happy i need to have a feeling that i can do what i want when i want where i want um, and how i want um and at the same time in order for me to live long um also i need to be very mindful of how my actions impact my legacy which impacts my children, which impacts my wife, family, et cetera, and my community at large. And so when I think about overall live long and prosper, um, that philosophy is, again, two parts. 
is life longevity, physical life longevity, and sort of the energy. They say energy never dies, it just transfers. And so I want to live a long life physically. I want to be here for as long as this God has me on this earth. I want to, I want to be here as long as it's his will for me to be here. I want to be here. Yeah. Um, so I want to be in the physical. And I also want to be, um, you know, I want my energy to live long past me. Mm-hmm. So when I say live, when I say live long, it's the physical and the energy side of me. And I want my children to benefit from the things and the actions, decisions that I've done uh, in this life so that they can carry it on. They can live long and I can live through them. And I can live through my grandkids if they are blessed enough to have them. And I can also live through my actions and as how they um, impact the community um, that I'm a part of. It could be the the physical community that I live in here in Rochester, New York, or Buffalo, New York, or it could be the virtual community of people who I engage with and interact interact with. And then prosperity yeah. is around essentially around happiness. And like I said, what gives me the most joy and happiness is the fact that I can create freedom for myself and for my family and for my community uh, through my actions, um, if that be God's will. And so I, I want to live long and I want to prosper. I want to be happy. And I think happiness is is an individual um, concept. I don't think that anyone can tell another person how to be happy or what to be happy about. I believe that as long as your happiness is not at the expense of someone else's happiness, mm. um, I think that you are on the right path and you, you're doing what's best for you. And so that's my philosophy. I, the way in which I, I think about the choices I make for my children are about how are they going to impact them today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And also, how is that going to impact uh, the happiness that I'm trying to have for myself and then ultimately the freedom um, to be able yeah. to continue to live a happy life? Okay, so you mentioned a couple of things I want to touch on. I was actually going I wasn't going to get into it yet, but, it, you know, from your book and since you mentioned like freedom and, you know, I want to get into it right now. That's the first thing I have highlighted in your book or tab that I wanted to ask you about. And um, yeah when you're talking about how you value freedom, right? And and so there's a chapter in your book that's titled Freedom of Choice. All right, so, yes. when, so you, got a, you got a daughter, right? She's, a, she's around the age of 19 or so, like 18, 19. How old is your daughter? Yeah, she's ni- 19 college daughter, yep. So 19, all right. How old is your boy? Nine years old. Nine years old. So you got a 19-year-old and a nine-year-old, right? So when it comes to, you know, we're trying to think about these, like I talk about to guys all the time about how, we were raised in a different time. Like our parents raised us a little bit differently. We try to be a little bit more progressive as parents and understanding, compassionate, all those things, right? So when it comes to freedom of choice um, mm-hmm. as a father, how far do you go with your kids when it comes to freedom of choice? Like what, how much leeway do they have in making their own decisions and to where you say, okay, well, I'm making a decision for you. Like where does that where does that begin and end with you as a father? Man, man, that's a that's a phenomenal question, man. I think that's that, there's no right answer on this one. There's no right or wrong <laughs> answer on this one, man. I think the the thing is for me, it's a spectrum, man. I think it, it, it and um it evolves over time. And so with me having a nine year old son and a nineteen year old daughter, I think that I'm on two ends of the spectrum. There's a certain level of uh, rigidity and certain level of uh, guardrails you need to put in place for a child that you don't need to as much for uh, an older adolescent or a young adult. And so as the the children get older, uh, the guardrails get a little bit looser and you allow them to 
learn from their own mistakes or learn from their own life experiences. And so freedom of choice, I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm also really big on the fact that um, you know, they own their life. Mm-hmm. And so when it starts to feel like it's more about me than it is about them, that's when I have to kind of check myself and say, okay, Matt, you're trying to do too much right now. Is it about mm-hmm. you trying to look good or you trying to make sure that this happens or is it really mm-hmm. about them? And so that's when I start to make the, the decision to say, okay, should I just allow them to make this choice, learn from it, as long as it's not fatal, what's the risk? Mm-hmm. And again, it needs to be 100% or damn near close to 100% about them and not about me. And we have these, I have these, these, these sort of relapses all the time where it becomes more about me. So for example, my son is playing football, his first tackle football year. And as a proud father, you're like, yeah, I want my son to go out there and I want him to be, you know, doing all these things, these amazing things, but that may not be exactly what he wants to do. Right. I may want him to play receiver because that's what the position I played, mm-hmm. or I may want him to play a certain position, or I may say, you are, you are going to do this, uh, but that may not be what he wants to do. You know, it has to be what, really what he wants in that space. And he'll learn and he'll figure out what works best for him. Um, I think the same thing happens for music. Uh, my daughter uh, plays, the, plays the piano and I was really adamant on my son playing the piano because I, I just thought it was a great skill. I wanted to play piano. I still want to yeah. play piano. But, you know, he wanted to play something else, but now he's experienced the, the, um, the violin and now he's working on the, um, the clarinet. And, and then we had a conversation not too long ago, maybe about an hour or two ago. He said he wants to learn piano. And so mm. he found his own path there and that own space there. And so I say, all I have to say, I think that it evolves one based on the, the age of the child. And two, I think it evolves based on um, the severity and, and, and being honest about, you know, who is the choice really for? Is it for me or is it for them? Um, and when it becomes more about them and you really kind of let go a little bit, you understand this is a development opportunity. Yeah. And you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to strip them from the opportunity to learn from things, because I know, you know, when, when we were teenagers, I know I know from my personal perspective, like. Nobody could tell me nothing. I was like, I'm, I'm out here learning my own, you know, my own way. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it, it's, it's definitely one of those things where you kind of have to really be introspective, reflective and say, okay, you got the freedom to choose. God gave us all the freedom to choose. I'm your father. I'm here to protect you. And at the same time, I'm going to give you a little bit of more leeway as you get older so that you can learn from those mistakes. Um, but then also, you know, playfully speaking, you can make your own decisions on certain things as long as it's not not catastrophic to you. Yeah. Hope I, I try to address that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I would imagine you you'd say that when it comes to being prosperous, a part of that is being able to have that freedom of choice and make your own decisions and even fail and and um and me giving you and me just being there to support you when that happens. Not trying to necessarily prevent failure or anything or prevent heartbreak or any of those things. Yeah. But, but to but to let it happen naturally because it's a part of life, and and I'm gonna be as your father. I'll be here for you when those things inevitably happen. You know, have, yeah. Have you go, go ahead. Well, that, well, that to that point though too. I was just having a conversation with myself, and do this a lot. I have a lot of conversations with myself about control. 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, when you let go of control, it's amazing how much uh, freedom and happiness you experience. And so it's easy for us to be super controlling, need to control everything. And so I was running another experiment today in terms of how much control can I let go? And so this mm. is this is like a this is a funny this is it might be kind of funny but it's and silly at the same time. So we just got a new kitten, um, and if anybody knows about cats, they are everywhere. They they jump on all stuff, especially kittens. They jump. They like vertical mm-hmm. planes, and they like to jump up on certain things. And I was dead set adamant on this cat cannot jump on our dining room table or or our kitchen table. And so today, me running this experiment about letting go of control. I'm sitting there going through my morning routine at my kitchen table. I got my coffee. I'm looking out the window, just kind of just reflecting and just in my vibe. And then here comes Kiara, my cat. She jumps on my lap and then she's trying to get up on top of the table to look out the window with me and all these things. And I'm just like, you know what? Let her fly. Let it go. <laughs> and so she gets up there. She's on the table doing her thing. And she's looking out the window, hanging out. And she just sits down and just chills. And I'm like, you know, that's not too bad. And like, I got a wood table when it's time to eat, I just wipe the table off, clean the table off. It's like, it's not a big deal. Like let go of the free, let go of that, that control. And just, you know, I felt a lot better and I felt, you know, my morning, I wasn't stressed out about it. Like I would have yeah. been maybe a week, a week ago. Yeah. Where do you think those things come from? The, the, the need to control, um, you know, kind of arbitrary things or, you know, things that don't really necessarily matter in the grand scheme of things. It's like, you know, you had this, like, you had this idea, you said, of, I don't want the cat jumping on the table. And but not necessarily knowing like where exactly that came from as far as like the principle behind it or anything. You're just like, yeah. that was your thing. Like, and how do you how do you um overcome that? You think when you the, the letting go of control for you? Yeah, man, it's a hard thing, man. I, it's conditioning. Like, you know, you maybe your parents may have been controlling, you may have had mm. little, uh, big big brothers, or you may have had just people who you respected that were controlling. I don't know, it's social conditioning, I want to say. Yeah. You may have an employer or a boss or whoever you had in your life that that had that, that trait. It may have just been in you for, for many years. And so for me, it's just kind of like going through the experimentation and just the all the, the pain that goes through from that, that goes that comes from experimenting so this morning when she jumped on my lap i like i know she's going for the table here's the test <laughs> here's the test and then she jumped on the table started walking around a little bit went over to the window and, and then sat on the window pane while, right there and i was like you know it's not catastrophic like it's it not that bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know and who, and who cares like it's my table like if somebody has an issue with my cat on my table that's something that, that's something they got to deal with <laughs> that's not my problem. like like why am i causing myself stress like trying to control these things that don't really need to be controlled um exactly like exactly. how many have you ever had like a situation like that where, where you know like your daughter's 19 i'm you know I'm, you know i'm sure she has her own opinions and ideas about how life works and maybe some of those opinions and ideas are different from yours like how how have you ever had a situation with your daughter where you felt like okay where you needed to take control and she wanted to do something different and there was like some conflict there. How do you resolve it? Oh man, I'm trying to think here. Yeah, I mean, we, we always have these conversations about, you know, she's going through her growing pains. And so I let her go through her growing pains, to be honest with you. Um, again, as long as it's not catastrophic, I say yeah, you got to figure it out. The one thing that I'm really big on with her in particular, and I will be with Mason as he gets older, I'm super big on um, being able to uh, 
live past me and being able to sustain yourself past me. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm gone, like back of my mind is always like, how can she make this decision when I'm gone? Yeah. And so whether, whether it's wanting to buy a car for the first time, picking colleges to go to, all these things, making financial choices, is like, okay, how can I give her enough of my life experiences so that when I'm gone, she at least have something to draw from and help mm-hmm. her make that decision. And so like, it was a tough decision we had to make um, about her college experience and where she would go because I'm personally dead set on not having any, any debt, any college debt. Like, I don't believe if you, that you need to have undergraduate debt. I don't, I don't think it's valuable at all when there's so much free education available um, that you can get. And so mm-hmm. That's not to knock anybody who has undergraduate college debt. Everybody doesn't have that luxury. I just don't believe in it when you when I know there's alternatives to not have it. Mm-hmm. And so she she wanted to go to a certain organ, a certain institution where she was going to incur some debt. We she had other options where she wouldn't incur some debt. And so we went through that process of growing pains. And I, I just flat out, you just put out, you just put the options on the table, and you let let them know, like, listen, this is your decision. Just know that you don't have to live with these decisions. I tell her, funny, I say, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I, I made these decisions. I live with the good decisions and the bad decisions. I'm in a, I'm in a good place now. Thank God. Um, you got to make some decisions. You're going to have to live with it one way or another. So um, I've tried to explain to you why we want to go this way. But if you want to go the other way, that's your call. I don't know if that resonated with her or that that really um, if she if she took hold to that out the gate. But eventually, mm. you know, we made the decision and now she's going to where she needs to go and she doesn't have any any debt and she won't graduate with any debt unless she wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one example of kind of just saying, OK, bigger scheme. If you want to be free, you want to be in control of your of your the, the way you move, how you move. You want to have as less debt as possible, mm-hmm. um, unless that debt is like being used to to get your freedom. For example, if you're buying, you know, using debt to get cash generating assets, and that's a whole nother conversation. Right, but right. For, you know, for the undergraduate degree, it wasn't it wasn't something that I was like, yeah, go get debt, go get fifty thousand dollars a year in debt because you want to get an undergraduate degree. Yeah. And no knock on undergraduate degrees too. Like I, I'm degreed up. So I, I, I believe yeah. in education. I just don't believe in debt. Yeah, I hear you, man. Is there is there a line? Like you like is there a line where you say, uh, when it comes to making those decisions, like you said, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay I'm gonna lay the information out for you, but I'm gonna allow you to make your own choices, right? Is there a line where you where you you step in like and say, All right, I've given you freedom to make your own choices, but this is where the bucks <laughs> like I'm not letting you do this, or you know, or is it just like hey. They, she's at an age where it's trial and error. You learn. I'm gonna lay it out for you, and I'm gonna let you make your own choices, your own mistakes, and whatever. Is there a line, or you let it go? Yeah, there, there's no line now. I mean, yeah. At this point, at 19 years old, and Madison, if you're listening, you know already know <laughs> what I'm gonna say. Like, you make your own decisions. Like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't control you or tell you what to do anymore. Yeah. Like you yeah. don't, you don't live under, you don't live, you don't live under my roof. You know, only thing I can do is, is is not enable it by financing it or giving yeah. it extra attention. 
Um, right, otherwise, right. you got free reign to do whatever you want to do at this mm-hmm. point. I mean, I'm just hoping and praying that everything that we put into you, um, you know, actually uh, catches root and and you make some good decisions. When I say mm-hmm. good, I mean the decision is going to be in your best interest. And so I can I have more control and I can draw the line with my son because he's under my roof and he's right. We have a lot more influence over his moves and control over his moves. But um, yeah, with her, it's like, hey, this is the information. You know, this is your decision, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on everything, so you, on everything, yeah. dating, dating, whatever the case may be, it could be anything. So, like, so you talked about, you know, we're talking about finances, and, and you talk about financial freedom as, as one of those things that you talk about when you're talking about the whole concept of freedom, financially free, um, debt free. Like, how are you? What tools are you using to to teach your kids about finances and how to be like prosperous in that area? Um, one is just, just having the conversations around money and business and investing, just creating the environment where we can talk about it. Um, there's no magic pill that I have that says, read this or do this, but I've just been sort of just dripping into their life, you know, over mm-hmm. uh, the last nine years from my son and now 19 from a daughter. Uh, they're both young entrepreneurs. And so we, we stress the value of owning your own business or having a business that can actually uh, produce cash for you um, to fund your goals. So continuously reiterating that to them and making it fun to say, okay, all right, Mason, you have a goal that you want to go to Disney world. All right. Well, how are we going to pay for this? You know, this isn't just mommy and daddy go to work and we buy you a Disney ticket. Mm -hmm. No. How about we create a business? And you actually create something and sell it and buy mm-hmm. your own ticket. Yeah. Like if we don't, we're not, we're not funding, uh, we we not funding, we <laughs> I <would> say, <laughs> we not funding your wants. <laughs> we, yeah. we are funding, we fund, we'll we'll take care of the needs, but we you know the, the wants, we gotta just figure out a way to get creative and create some skills that's gonna live past us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, business enablement, um, the young entrepreneur marketplace that I created. Uh, here in Rochester is, is just another mechanism to support not only my kids, but other kids um, to be able to, to explore entrepreneurship and learn life skills. And so I've been super fortunate and blessed to be able to have both my kids be a part of it, as well as c- create a network and community of other young entrepreneurs. And so that's the second one. And then kind of just living it as well. and Not kind of, but actually living it um, from yeah. an investment standpoint. Um, you know, both my kids have um, custodial accounts. Um, investment accounts. They all, they both have savings accounts and emergency funds. I mean, they, they all have the things that we talk about. Yeah. So uh, all those things are, are planted over time and just continue to reiterate and stress and say, Hey, in order for you to have the freedom that you want to have, this is some of the foundational things that you need to make sure you are aware of and mindful of and execute on. Yeah. Okay. That's dope, man. Um, you know, I'm trying to teach my kids the same thing, man. It's just like, and it can be hard. My kid, my son is nine and, and, and my daughter's eight. But like, you know, sometimes they learn and sometimes they're not. And it's like, they have these different personalities where I think my daughter, she gets it a lot and she's, she's a, they're polar opposites, right? So she's, she's big into like, she's more conservative with her money. Like, so one of the things we do is uh we play, we play uh blackjack, right? Sometimes. Okay. Like just, and you can see there, you could see, I think that's a good game. We actually play with chips. So I'm the dealer and like we play with chips. I give them a certain amount of chips and we play whack jack and I can see 
like their mm-hmm. financial, like what, how they think financially by how they bet. <laughs> right. Like my son, he's like in a real aggressive bet. Like he'll, he'll bet everything. Like he just, he wanted, he wants a big win and he'll take the high mm-hmm. risk. My daughter, she's like, I'll put one chip out there, but like, I'm about <laughs> to get, but I'm about to risk all my chips. So no, like, but, and this is, it's crazy just to see how they operate. And oh my gosh, it's at nine and eight years old, how different they are. And as far as they money, like they, you know, even with the game, my son, he's like, mm. uh, like I don't care if you, like, they can earn money doing certain things. And he's like, man, I'll spend all my, all my money on some, on a new skin for Fortnite. And yeah, even, even you know, he's like an impulsive buyer. Where, you know, you know. Or my daughter, or my daughter's more like, I think, do I really want that? Mm, no, nah, is it worth mm-hmm. it? You know? And do you think, do you think with your kids that there's a certain mindset that they already have, like that they, just inside of them, you know, innately that they have, that you, mm-hmm. it is who they are, that you can't, no matter what you try to teach them, it's like, that's, that's, that's who they're going to be. Uh, you know, I think there's a certain level of, you know, molding that can happen with them. But I, to your point though, man, I mean, like when we play Monopoly, for example, mm-hmm. uh, my son, he is more conservative in terms of like buying property. Whereas I'm going mm-hmm. around the board, I'm buying everything. I need yeah. all the property. Give me all the assets. <laughs> right. He's like, ah, I don't really want that. Uh, my daughters are like, kind of like in the middle a little bit like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so it's, it's real funny to see them in terms of like when they're ready to buy my daughter, she's a, uh, she likes to save her own money, but she likes to spend other people's money. Uh. And so <laughs> that's real interesting how that happens too. You know? So I'm just like, okay, well, what does that mean long-term? So I got to chew on that a little bit. My mm-hmm. son is super, super uh, generous. Like, like money to him is like, uh, whatever. I'm like, all right, we want to get mommy something. He's like, sure. Yeah, let's go buy her. Whatever we want to buy. What you want to buy her? You want to mm-hmm. give this person some money to do that? Sure. Go ahead. Here you go. I say, Hey Mason, can I get a couple of dollars just to, you know, just give me a couple, give you that a couple of dollars. Here you go. Dad. You're like, it's yeah. not like, no, no. You know, so, you know, I see that generosity in him for sure. And so um, it's just interesting to see how they both are. They are uh, both individually unique. (laughs) And so uh, let go of that control, let them do their thing and uh, learn from it. And they kind of evolve on their own for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. uh, Because my son's name Mason, too. Right. And like he's he's super generous, too. And um, uh, and like we'll go somewhere and he'll he'll. Like I remember we came from my daughter's track practice one time and we're going, uh, we went to stop and get some pizza. And he's like, uh, and get, he's like, can I get, can we get another pizza and a water? Like he's ordering more, but they're like, and I'm like, yeah, what you mean? What you need? We need another pizza and a water for it. He's like, he's like, there's a, it was a homeless, it was a homeless dude outside that, that looks like he's hungry. And, yeah. um, you know, he, he went outside and asked the homeless dude that he wants some pizza. And like, he was like, no, I'm good. And, but my son still wanted to get him water anyway. And he's like, all right, we'll get him a bottle of water. And we went outside and we couldn't find him. And he wanted, he's like, he was so sad that he wasn't out there when, when we went back outside. And he went, I drove around and we actually found him. And he's like, so excited, he hopped out and gave him the water. And, um, but my daughter, she she's a little bit more like stingy with that kind of stuff. Like she, with her stuff, mm-hmm. if you ask her like, like, let me, you got, I see you got a couple of little dollars in your little purse right there. You're like, you you know, let daddy borrow something? She'd be like, mm, I don't know if I'm giving up my money. She, <laughs> you too? Yeah, like, um, but she'll do, but she'll, but she'll, she'll create something like a craft or, you know, like she'll, she'll, she's really still thoughtful 
but she's protecting her own like assets more so it's like I'm, you know mm-hmm. you know but she'll be you know she'll create something for you in a heartbeat she'll spend all day making you a yeah. a card or something you know but yeah, yeah. Just like some of her money she's like you know what that's that's that, that's my money <laughs> that's funny like how that happens though too because yeah madison is the same way like she'll she wants to keep her own but she'll like volunteer for uh, the Girl Scouts and, and do something or want to give away some of her bracelets or necklaces that she made to um, like the Breast Cancer Institute or uh, to, like Roswell. Um, yeah. So it's just like she does a lot of like sweet things, uh, thoughtful things. But when it comes to that, that old coin, it's like, nah, nah. Nah, this is mine right here. I ain't even, I ain't even mad at it, you know? I ain't even no, I mad at it. No, I can't. You know, she'll evolve over, over time for sure. But yeah. it's a different era too. They grew up in a different their parents were in different financial states too that they saw. So my son mm. saw me older in a different financial situation than mm. my daughter saw me as well. And so yeah. that may have something to play. That may have something to do with it as well, but who knows? Yeah, that, that definitely makes a difference. Like, and, and which leads me to like something else I want to talk about highlighting your book. Um, it, it, it's, it's a chapter where you're talking about, um, you know, one of the things you talk about is like adding value and, um, and you talk about reducing the risk of losing value when you're talking about you, you talk about learning from the mistakes of others. Right. And that's and that's one thing, you know, I tried to do as a kid, just like just be observant. And like when it came to my when it came to fatherhood, you know, I watched my father like I, I learned. I feel like I was blessed in that sense where I was able to look at things that I didn't want for my life and yeah. and not repeat some of the same. I still repeat some of them, but some of the mistakes I was able to avoid. Um, what mistakes um, did you see growing up that you were able to learn from as an observer that you took into you know, your life and fatherhood? That's a great question, man. And I don't know if it necessarily were mistakes, just things yeah. I may have advised to do different. I mean, there's a part, there's a line in the book around, um, you know, hearing the statement growing up of, spend the money you can't take it with you like i heard that a lot growing up like mm. spend the money you can't you can't take it with you you can't take it with you i'm like well if even though i can't take it with me don't mean i can't hand that on down to the next generation mm-hmm. you know um it's kind of a selfish way to think about life and so hearing that is something i was like no 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 when i get older it's like i'm not gonna just spend the money because i can't take it with me because it ain't about just me yeah um, you know and then trying to be as mindful as possible about like the ripple effects of my actions. And, you know, that's that you make these choices about in particular, like relationships and and people who you um, try to create relationships with and just observing how I saw um, parents and, and others like with the relationships in their lives. Yeah. And then seeing like, okay, what's the impact of the way this relationship is being managed versus if it was managed differently and what can I learn from that? And so just those sort of things, because one of the biggest, um, I think one of the biggest assets a person can have is having a, a partner um, in particular, either a husband or wife who's on the same page as you, you guys are together. Yeah. You have a common vision, common goal stability in the family i think that's a huge asset for you um mm. for any individual for any person um and so i made sure growing up that that would be something that i would aspire to i tell people all the time that 
Well, I told my, my wife this. I said, it's one and done. Like, ain't no more after this. We're going to make this work until the wheels fall off. No matter yeah. what happens, we're making this work. Um, yeah. So, you know, just those things are just kind of things I keep an eye out for and be mindful of. Yeah. What do you think your kids are uh, having? So let me ask this first. So when you, do you have anything, any habits or any things about um, qualities or things about yourself that you could say, man, here's something that I've been trying to improve or, you know, that I've been growing even through as my kids are growing mm-hmm. or um, habits that I want my kids to look at me and say, oh, I don't, I want to do that differently than daddy. They're like, uh, like, there's a habit that I don't want to pass down to my kids. Oh, <laughs> do you have God. any of that? Man, where where do I start, man? The list, the list is probably, I don't know, the, the list could fit in this room, man. So much and stuff, man. I mean, I, I'm impatient as all heck and some a lot of times, you know, being able to actively listen, um, you know, selfishness and you know, all these things. You're just trying to like, like, oh gosh, you know, all these things that just keep popping up. This the 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 desire to need to do it right and be perfect and you know, just the rigidity and like the, mm-hmm. um, it has its value, but I don't necessarily want to pass on that. That's not freedom. Like that's why I'm trying to get rid of that control. I'm trying to loosen up that control, like that mm-hmm. controlling spirit. Um, is something I absolutely want to not pass on. I want them to, to be able to have that balance. Like I don't want them to be too far left, too far right. I would love for them to be balanced in their approach to things mm-hmm. and be able to pull out the proper tool um, at the proper time. And so. Like there's a, there's a, there's a, a place for, for, um, selfishness There's a place for, uh, confidence or overconfidence. There's a place for being very rigid. And there's also a place to be, um, more humble, more fluid, um, yeah. kind of let, letting things flow. And so, um, empathetic, um, I've definitely got to work on my empathy more. i I shut down, like, I don't do well with, with deaths. I don't do well with like sad stuff. Like I, I'm horrible with that. And it's not, I, I don't even know how to fix it. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, so I want my kids to be more empathetic. Mm. Um, than I, than I am at this moment. And, you know, well, you know, that's a lot of things. Like I tell you, the list can go on and on. Take more risks. Like, yeah, uh, I take yeah. risks now, but I feel like I could be doing more. I, I'd be taking bigger risks. And I want them to take more risks. That's why I want yeah. them to have that freedom. Is that something you talk to them about? Like some of the, you know, the things that you want to work on in your life and like how you want to see them do things differently? Is that something you have? Those Are those the kind of conversations you have with your kids? Do you have them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, the conversations are different based on the age. So yeah. like conversations I have with Madison are different than Mason. But the spirit is essentially around the same thing. The good thing is they have a, well, we all have a good support system around us, like my wife and just our family and the people who we're around are super supportive. So that's a blessing to have that too. Yeah. I know. So I know a lot of us have like old school parents, man. And, and, you know, when we talk about, I remember a situation the other day when we talking about communication with our kids and like, you know, do we talk to them about the certain things and like where, you know, our shortcomings, you know, I <laughs> yeah. I noticed, I noticed that like, man, I'm, you know, like you said, we've been almost indoctrinated or like, you know, groomed to be a certain way growing up. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's certain things that 
my parents or my grandparents that if they saw when they see me parenting or see my kids behaving in a certain way, they like it's like they're they're triggered, you know, more than you know, and they're like, man, what? Like they would never accept these certain things. Like for example, I was trying to say something to my son. My son has a problem with accountability. All right, so like I said, I was saying something to him the other day. It was like last week, and he was like, well, what about you? You're not perfect. <laughs> And I was like, immediately, like, bro, I was immediately triggered. <laughs> like, Ooh. and you know, to my nine-year-old son, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to t- correct, you know, correct something that he's doing. And he's like, well, what about you? <laughs> and, 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 and my first reaction was like, wanted to be like, motherfucker, like, who, the fuck, who are you talking to? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that was my, that was my internal reaction. And, um, and I had to, and then I had to take a step, I had to pause, I had to take a little breath and I had to be like, you know what, in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's right. I'm not perfect. Okay. But where do I, where do I take this conversation? (laughs) (laughs) It could go one or two ways. Yes, it could go. (laughs) Like, and, and in my, in my, there was no way I would have ever been able to say anything like that you know, growing up, like there's no, there was no room for that. And, um, you know, and I, so I'm like, okay. And that was an opportunity and I had to use that. And I feel like that's kind of like what's different in a, you know, in a sense about like our generation that we're trying to take those opportunities to be better and allow our kids in that space, but like teach them how to do it respectfully. And like, and I'm like, okay. I was like, you know what, man, you're right. I'm not perfect. And I was able to, um, and I talked them through how I handle not being perfect, right? And uh, I was like, you know, I'm not perfect, but here's 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 what I think is the difference between how I handle things sometimes and how you handle things. And I said, mm-hmm. and I said, I'm a mess up, but when I when I mess up, I try to own it. I I, I apologize. I'm not going to be perfect. Sometimes I raise my voice. Sometimes I you know I respond how to I in a way that I, that's not who I want to be, but I'm human. Right. But when that happens, I apologize. I own it. I try to get better and I make up for it. Here's, and this is what I'm not seeing. I haven't seen you do. Right. Like, and I, and so, and just try to have that conversation with him. Yeah, Uh, man. That's so cute. I mean, I don't mean to cut you off right there, but that right there, the role modeling, is huge. Like the fact that you role model, what, how two men can, have a conversation or how two males can have a conversation with each other without it getting heated, but you stated facts and observations and not just all these, you know, that's just huge right there. So I apologize. I just wanted to make sure we call that. We didn't want that. I didn't want that fly over. <laughs> that, that, that role model is huge. Yeah, man. I, I, I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> you know, and it's a, it's a constant, like, it, I don't always, it don't always go that well, <laughs> you know, um, especially like with a, with a very young, with a, with a kid who's young and very opinionated and, and is willing to just speak his mind and speak freely. Um, so like, you know, right now, just trying to mold him or, or, or just guide him in a way, like you said, model what it looks like. Right. Because I can't, I essentially, I can't, I can't mold him. Right. I can't, I can try my best, you know, and, but he's going to be whoever he is. Like I, yeah. I can try my best to try, like, 
I have to let go of control, like you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna do my best to to mold and shape with my example and with my guidance, and and let go of control. Mm-hmm. And and you know he's gonna be who he's gonna be. And I hope and pray that he's you know it's okay. Things turn out all right. <laughs> Yeah, that's huge. I mean, letting letting go and letting God is definitely huge. I would say the one thing or another thing that I'm working on to that point around giving up control and role modeling is that I need to do a better job of trusting mm. their love and respect, their love and respect of me. Mm. And so trust the fact that your kids love you and respect you and that they're going to follow um, the guidance that you display or that you tell them so, or that you share with them. And so I got to do a, a better job of saying, yes, both my children respect me. They both love me. They don't think I'm a fool out here just acting up. And so mm-hmm. when I do certain things, it means something. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I say certain things, it means something and it resonates and it, it, it's filed mentally, even though they may not immediately display it. It may, it's, it's a mental note in this file back there that may pop up, you know, a little bit later. So, yeah, I, I got to do a, a better job at that, uh, trusting that love and respect. And something I, w- I would encourage other people to, you know, think about. Yeah. The kids, do, they do respect us and they, they do love us um, yeah. if, we're doing, if we're doing our jobs. That's a good one, man, because, you know, I was just, you know, I, I do these, I do leadership workshops and, and one of the leadership, leadership workshops I do is on like, uh, crucial conversations, right? Like, and based on that, the book, Crucial Conversations. And, and one of the elements of that is like when we get, you, you mentioned the facts, right? Like stick to the facts or start with the facts. Mm-hmm. And usually when we get frustrated and even same, I do it too with my son. When I get frustrated, it's more so about the story that I've told myself is happening right now that mm-hmm. that you're being boom you doing that oh you're gonna disrespect me like you disrespecting me like that that's the story that i've just told myself right and mm-hmm. like really when really he's not trying to be disrespectful at all really he's just like mm-hmm. he's acting based on his feelings and his emotions and what he believes is his truth right and and so i have to and i have to acknowledge that like you said i know my i know they respect me as a father um so what's really happening right now? <laughs> what story am I telling myself? <laughs> um, but it's hard to do in the moment, right? Because yeah. we're, yeah. we're human. We're and what human. is it about us that we're mm-hmm. seeing in that moment, right? It's like that the four agreements, it says don't take anything. One of the four agreements is don't take anything personal. And so whenever, whatever you get ticked off about is more about me, the person who's receiving it, than it is the person that's giving it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have to sit back and say, damn, why, why am I triggered by that? Like, what happened in me mm-hmm. that made me that trigger? There's something in me that yeah. made me upset about that. It's not, it's not yeah. nothing to do with them. Like, they are just the stimulus to what <laughs> happened inside of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, do, what do I need to explore here? And I think that a lot of us, is, you know, there's a lot of parents that are not as that introspective. And they're like, okay. And, and looking at it that way, like, it's more so like, okay, you got a problem, kid, and you need to fix it. Right, opposed to like opposed to what's happening inside of me right now that you know, like you said, that I'm taking this personal. And if I'm using one of the four, another one of the four agreements that I'm making some assumptions here too. 
<laughs> like mm-hmm. not to not to and if you listen to this podcast and you haven't you don't know the four agreements like i, I li- the four Cute. agreements are to live by right and uh and i think they they did come out with a, a book the fifth agreement and uh oh um, i gotta check that out oh man i wish i could remember it right now but i can't um at the moment remember oh, the fifth man. agreement but there's a fifth agreement okay. um and they wrote a whole there's a whole book just on the fifth agreement um mm. And I hate that I can't remember it, but it's a good one too. So yeah, check out the four agreements and then you know the fifth agreement as well. Uh but but yeah, man, I I and that's a that's one of the things, reasons why I love doing this podcast because just talking to guys like you and just more opportunities to be introspective and be like, all right, man, where where can I make some adjustments? And it's that like that accountability factor as well. Uh like man that knowing that I'm not perfect, man. But like I said, listening to this podcast, it's because I'm just because I'm doing this podcast and hosting this podcast does not mean that I am perfect in any way. I I I mess up all the time, and and you know I just gotta own it and and be aware of it, try to get better. Um, yes. What would and be the beauty what about you? this podcast is that what's on your shirt right there speaks to what this podcast is about, and. Men sharpening each other, you know. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. If you listen and you can't see the shirt, it's iron sharpens iron, man. From uh, Positive Prince, man. From one of your businesses. Yes, and so I mean that's a that's a proverb that's huge, man. As a friend sharp as a friend as iron sharpens iron, so a friend uh, sharpens another friend um, to that extent. So it's just huge, man. Our conversations. I'm learning from you and. You may be grabbing some nuggets from me. And so that's Absolutely. that's how the relationships are supposed to be. You know, and that's the Absolutely. same thing for what our kids, you know, we, we learn from our kids and our kids learn from us. It shouldn't always be this. I am the adult. So you will do what I say and you mm-hmm. will always obey me. You know, it has to be it, it, at least I think it should be um, a little bit of give and take there. And then as it gets older, as they get older, it may be, you may be learning a lot more than what you're giving. So who knows? But it should be definitely reciprocal. Hmm. Who, who could, who can you say um, uh, has sharpened you the most um, in your life and in your endeavors? Like, what, what's somebody who's somebody who's, sharp, who's really uh, been a mentor for you that sharpened you? Oh my gosh, man! There's been so many. There's so many on different areas. Like, I, I have a, I have a whole gang of virtual mentors that, that I'll never probably meet in this life. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got a, ga- a gang of virtual mentors that I listen to all the time, uh, you know, in person. Folks like I, I, me and my dad have a lot more conversations now than we did growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and hearing his uh, his perspective on life and different things is just is very interesting. When I didn't hear much of that growing up, so his 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 way of thinking is um, definitely tempered me um to a certain extent mm. and it caused me to think differently um there's like a bunch of professionals that you know in different aspects of my life and so mentorship has its seasons as well and so through different yeah. seasons of life i've had um, men and women mentors who have um just planted seeds into me um you know like we have um like like reynolds from, from capital yeah. back in the day yeah. you know just yeah planted seeds from back then to now um, 
lot of men in my in in, in my other fraternal organizations and yeah, I got a, a laundry list of men and women who have added a ton of value to me. Um, some of my favorite, some, some of my favorite virtual mentors are, are you know the Jim Rohns of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I love listening to Jim Rohn like constantly all the time. I think I have a like a list in one of my notebooks in here of some of the guys and gals who I listen hey. to. Uh, and my wife, oh my God, she has mm. she has molded me a a ton. You know, she's uh, the yin to my yang to sound uh, corny and cliche. <laughs> hey, but everything that I taught, everything everything I said about me that I wish I would pass on, she's like the opposite of it. And so, like <laughs> the impact, like the selfishness, she's like hella loving and like will give everything. The um, She's super empathetic to others, and it's just amazing. And she finds it hard too. Hey, that, oh, that, that, yeah. that, that don't hurt. <laughs> that, that helps. That helps. Um. <laughs> yeah, so I got I got a lot. I got a lot of folks who I can we're gonna talk about. And I, I'm adding to the list every day. Like I'm going through my notebook here. Like Myron Golden is a new guy who I just found out mm-hmm. about. He's been he's been he's been pretty phenomenal. Uh, Craig Grishel talks about leadership a ton. Um, you know, obviously the Tony Robbins of the worlds, Evan Carmichael's yeah. of the worlds. I've been listening to a lot of. I mean, I've been I'm listening to Eric Thomas when I be working out. I'll put on some Eric Thomas when I'm working out. Yeah, like, yeah. well, you you kind of like you kind of like the uh, the skinny ET out here too. I can see you being ET, <laughs> ET I can man. See you I'm ET. like David Goggins, man. ET. I want oh, like, David Goggins. Oh my God, yeah, he's he's a, that he's guy. And I just looked up the Fifth Agreement. And uh, it's be skeptical and learn to listen. All right. So and 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 being skeptical, on not about not just about other people, but be skeptical about what you say to yourself. Like the lies we tell ourselves. Yeah, and learn to listen. And pause and listen. Pause and listen. Yeah. Oh my god. That's the yeah, fifth gym. agreement. Yeah. So they definitely that's need to add that one. Um, what's a, what's a gem? What's a gem that you've learned from your father? Um, so I got a couple, two more questions for you. I'll let you get out of here. So what's the, oh, what's, man. what's the gem that you've learned from your father and your adult life that you say, you know, you said you've been having a lot of conversations with him lately. What's the gem? Man, the one that always comes to me is I was frustrated about like, um, I was getting um, like messages that was like bothering me and I was getting real frustrated by it. And my dad was like, like, why are you paying? Like, why are you listening to it? Like, why are you pick? Why are you even paying attention to it? Mm-hmm. It's like I was getting some emails, and it would like that was the way of communicating back in the you know back in the day, or not even back in the day, but it's still a way of communicating. But I was getting a lot of emails, um, going through just having conversations, and people were like emailing, 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 and it was frustrating the heck out of me. And he was just like, "Why are you opening email? Like, that's your choice." Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, if it's bothering you, why are you opening the email? <laughs> I'm like, you are absolutely right. Why am I opening? <laughs> <laughs> self reflected right now. Me, like to this to this day, I've always stuck that stuck with me, and that's probably been maybe I don't know, almost ten years now. Mm. And I'm like, whenever something is like. 
if I get like, if I feel like I'm, I might be frustrated by a message or something, it's like, why am I even entertaining it? Mm, protect like, your peace. Like, it's like, yeah, like you, you have a choice. Like you don't have to entertain it. Yeah. I literally do not have to entertain it. I love it, man. I love that. You protect your peace at all costs. <laughs> yeah, um, he's like, he's like really to himself. Like he, he don't go, he don't do much. He don't go out or do any of that stuff. So he's like, hey man, I'm, I'm good by myself. Uh, so it's like, <laughs> I like it, man. Um, and you know, so I guess the you know the 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 last thing I'll ask you, man, is like, I know it's like there's so much of it, but the fatherhood lesson, man, that you want to give to to the to the listeners, like um, from your perspective, if you could t- if you could leave anything, if you tell fathers anything, this is one nugget I want to leave with you. Um, one or two nuggets, um, what would they be? Mm, let me think about that. Ah, I'm looking at, I got these post-it notes in my desk here. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like, yeah, this that might resonate. Yeah. It's a couple of things here that could relate to fatherhood. And so, it's one about staying patient, mm. knowing that this is a journey. This is a journey. Like God willing, if it's God's will, our children are going to outlive us, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully, God willing, we live a long life physically. And so, knowing that we got a long time horizon, um, there's another book, Infinite Games. You want to check that out? Talk about the infinite game and the finite, the infinite player and the finite player. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of I think of you know fatherhood as, as an infinite game where mm-hmm. there's no winners and losers, it's just we all trying to stay in the game. And the rules may change as they get older, but we're trying to perpetuate the game. And I don't mean game in a lighthearted sense, I mean game in the fact that just it's an activity that happens over and over and over and over again. And um, again, there's no winners and losers. Mm. You know, so that whole respect and disrespect and all these things, not about who wins now, who wins later. We continue to keep that relationship going. And so we want to always be checking in on making sure that our decisions now have lasting impacts into the future and that the future father, the future you will say thank you for the things that you've done at this moment. In your state, in this stage of your fatherhood, so I would say it's a process. I would say enjoy the process. It's a journey, and remember that it is not about us as a father. It's it's definitely about making sure that the kids have the best experience on this earth as possible. That we can help mold them, mm-hmm. create them, or help them become good humans. Yeah, they don't need to be. Uh, they don't need to be us. They need to be good humans, right? How like how that. we define humans? And so, stay patient. It's a journey. You know, be an infinite player. Um, own your energy. I love that, man. I love. I love. I love. It's two things, especially that you say towards the end is enjoy the journey, like and you know enjoy the process, right? And uh, and uh. They don't. They don't got to be us. They 
they don't have to be they don't own we don't they don't they don't even belong to us like you know they, they real, real talk they don't. Talk, they don't they don't even belong to us and like we like to think like yeah, yeah they are kids but they don't belong they their own people we just here to guide them and, and, and make sure they survive <laughs> and like you know and yeah enjoy the process don't be sitting here hey if you got going through some struggles right now don't change your perspective on like why is this happening to me and like just like look use it as an opportunity for growth and opportunity mm-hmm. to like you know i got uh, i heard somewhere saying like you know if you pray for patience god don't give you patience he gives you things that that's going to test your patience he gives you opportunities to be patient oh he put, man he puts, a, he, he puts a wild nine-year-old in your life to give you plenty of opportunities to be patient you don't just insert patience into your body <laughs> into your spirit <laughs> it gives you opportunity yes. to practice it and master it you gotta go through it you gotta, you gotta go, go through, through it, it. Yeah, this is, gotta go it. through that's it. it that's it hey man i listen man it's been such a pleasure having you on here man and and talking about oh, i love it and, and i love and, it man I, it's a pleasure where where uh you know if, if anybody wants to you know if anybody wants to grab the book live on the prosper they want to get some t-shirts positive prints where you know where can the people go to to, to get your book or grab some t-shirts or print, things like that yeah so um i appreciate that um folks can can come can connect with me um through uh, matthew wagstaff.com so that's m-a-t-t-h-e-w-w-a-g-s-t-a-f-f.com um, there you can um, listen to the podcast. You can um, order the book. Um, you can, there's a couple of shirts on there as well. Uh, like the Build Legacy Live Forever shirt. So that talks about um, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's another proverb that's that's huge. Um, and then Positive Prince. So that's Positive Prince with a Z at the end of it.com is where we have some inspirational, motivational, spiritually based clothes, uh, T-shirts. Um, based around positive messages and just helping each other just be better. Yeah. Um, and then you can also get customized shirts if you want as well there. And, and I'm on Instagram, Coach Matt Wagstaff. Um, and Positive Prince were on there. There's a lot of different ways to get connected. Live Long and Prosper book has his own Instagram page too. Yeah. Hey, reach out to my man, Matt Wagstaff. Man, he's, he's, he's doing the damn thing as a father, as a business owner, entrepreneur. And as a man who's just trying to grow and be better, <laughs> I appreciate oh, you. Man. It's a journey. So much, I appreciate man. Thank you for blessing the podcast, so brother. That's it. That's it. All right, man. I'm going to sign off here. I'm I love it. Here. I love it, man. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Modes That Make Fatherhood. I hope you enjoyed it. Please continue to follow us along on this journey. And if you want to see the video of this conversation, you can check us out on YouTube. Please share this with your friends if you found value. And I'll see you next time.